Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ, and welcome to Innocence Redeemed. I'm your host, Ray Berkman, and I just wanted to give you guys an update. I'm actually in the process of working on something right now. Actually, I have a few different projects um, in the works, maybe possibly three, actually. I just, uh, well, I don't want to give away what they are just yet. But in the meantime, while I'm working on those, I wanted to revisit a podcast that I just recently went through um, from my archives. Now, this is not from me. Um, this was a podcast that was on the Hagman Report, and it was on July 15th, 2021. So just a few days over a year ago. And the title of the show was called Resist the Lies and Live. Now, I mentioned the show in a podcast I did with Glinda about a year ago. Um, and I realized that. I've uh, since then gained quite a few followers, so I wanted to put this out just in the interim because a lot of what's being talked about by Steve Quill and Bob Griswold in this podcast, you see it now. So even though last year it might have seemed far-fetched, uh, they do a pretty good job explaining what it would be like when the man of perdition, the Antichrist, comes on the scene. They're, they're uh, talking about how people will be deceived and they will be promised food and take the mark and then still be denied those things. And I felt it was very timely just due to the climate of everything right now. So without further delay, here's the show. And like I said, I'm going to be getting something out for you all soon. Um, I've got two projects in the works and uh, possibly a third one. So I've been a busy bee lately and just wanted to let you know I haven't forgot any of you. I've just uh, been pretty busy with other things right now. All right. So here's the show. and. I'll be getting something uploaded for you soon. God bless everybody. Enjoy. Coming to you from the HagmanReport.com studio, located in the Keystone State, birthplace of a mighty nation, it's your host, Doug Hagman. This is the Hagman Report, where truth can't be silenced. Today is Thursday, July 15th, 2021, or maybe it's 1979. I keep saying that, uh, occasionally at least say that, because, well, you know, it seems like um, there's nothing new under the sun. And, uh, of course, stagflation, inflation. Steve's got some interesting information about that and, and about our national debt. Um, not 1979-ish. It's certainly 2021-ish. But uh, anyway, folks, HagmanReport.com, that's where to go to find our audio video feed. And HagmanReport.com for print, of course. HagmanStore.com for things such as coffee. And, of course, new book out, In the Dark of Night. Uh, it's actually a, a bestseller. Uh, it was in the bestseller category on Amazon for a while. I want to thank people for that. And it's available on Amazon by way of Kindle or the print copy. And HagmanStore.com for the print copy as well, if you like it signed or inscribed or what have you. So just thank you, uh, folks. It's uh, based on a true story, and it's... Uh, it's receiving some good. It's it's actually averaging four point eight on uh, Amazon. So it's it's uh, I, I guess people like it. So it's good. All right, uh, I've got a great show lined up for you today. I'm going to tell you two of my favorite people on board with me. Oh, and oh, if you can't see me, if you can't see us, there's a reason for that. Gremlins have snuck in to the studio and they got in there and they unplugged everything, uh, all the cameras and everything. Uh, so we, we're audio only, but you're going to see the graphics on the screen that you need to see. 
All right, if you're watching this on Rumble. So just pay attention, nonetheless. You're going to see graphics that are important. Um, but anyway, two of my favorite people are with me today. Uh, Steve Quayle from stevequayle.com, gen6.com. Okay, folks, uh, remember, hey, they, the Extinction Protocols Conference is still available. Okay, the DVDs, the video on demand. I'm going to tell you one of the best on the planet, one of the best he's ever done. It's really it was just a tremendous, tremendous conference. Um, but And it's very relevant to what's happening today. And also, uh, the man, the myth, the legend, I know I use that phrase too often, Robert Griswold, ready-made resources. Now, I'm going to tell you something just very quickly, and I'm going to turn it over to Steve. Uh, Mr. Griswold has a special place in my heart. He holds a special place in my heart. He has is, he is helped um, our endeavors, okay? Now, folks, you know that uh, we're doing a lot behind the scenes here, a lot of investigation, a lot of really just nasty things going on, uh, which reminds me, um, folks, any, anyone who has available, knows of or has available a handler of uh, cadaver dogs, that's right. In the tri-state area, that would be uh, northeastern Ohio, western Pennsylvania, and western New York. Anyone in the tri-state area that's a handler of or knows of a handler and cadaver dogs, uh, certainly, um, please send me an email, Doug at HagmanReport.com. That's Doug at HagmanReport.com. Remember, two ends on Hagman. All right. But uh, he certainly has helped. Uh, Robert Griswold has helped uh, many people and helped us uh, to fight this enormous, incredibly evil battle behind the scenes, as well as Steve Quayle. So anyway, I'm going to turn right over to Steve Quayle from stevequayle.com, my good friend and uh, a brother in Christ. Steve, how are you, sir? Really good, Doug. And I say that in the Lord, but really concerned as to the um, coming week. And I'll talk about it. But first of all, I want to have Bob come on and talk about what I believe, and I've already said this, on uh, my podcast, and I actually put out an alert on it, but I want Bob to share just the true depth of what the Lord revealed to him about the Hippolytus, one of the early church fathers, 200 pretty much A.D., and probably some of the most striking and revealing uh, details of what the tribulation is going to be like. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there saying it's seven years away. Some of them I won't even talk to anymore. Uh, and their choice, my choice, our mutual choices. But here's the deal. Bob, I believe, was given a specific word for the specific time, and I don't want to take anything away from his time. We'll talk about what's coming up next week in the second hour, and Bob, you'll be welcome to stay on and comment. But Bob, I want you to take it. You don't need to give it back to me or Doug unless, you know, you get tired and you want to break from, you know, getting laryngitis or something. But please share what the Lord has shown you with a second century, one of the early church fathers, and what he said about the tribulation and what he said about the times we're now living in. And Bob, please read the whole thing in, in whatever order you choose. Ladies and gentlemen, Bob Griswold. Go ahead, sir. Well, thank you very much, Steve. I mean, uh, Doug, you had said um, it's 2021, but it's like 1974. I would also say it's like 1984, uh, George Orwell. I mean, we're living in really dystopian times, unlike anything the world has seen since the days of Noah. I mean, we, every day I, I just open the news and, and look, and it shocks my senses of the depravity and absolute just evil we see being perpetrated on this earth. I just watched this thing. You know, 
know, from um, in, in London where they had these people dressed up as monkeys and they had, you know, different, you know, human anatomy parts that they were displaying in front of children. And, I, and, and you know, the parents complained and so they apologized. You know, I mean, my gosh, why don't the, why don't the insurrection or the, the, the trespassers from January 6th just apologize? I mean, this is this is a felony these people are doing against children, and yet nothing happens to them. And yet, you know, somebody who trespassed, they get they're not even allowed bond. So we're we're living in this absolutely dystopian time of 1984. And I, and and before I go into actually what some of these early church fathers said, which I really enjoy reading, because I mean, you know, I, I do historic reenacting. Um, 17th century, you know, historic reenacting. Fort Loudon is um, a, 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 a state park here, and you know they have you dress up in the 17th century garb and go out there, and you uh, people come by and see how people lived. Well, I've learned so much from that because <clears throat> the closer you are to a historic event the more accurate that historic event will be relayed in history. So, I mean, you know, if you knew somebody who knew Abraham Lincoln, it's going to be actually, you know, more accurate than somebody who might read about Abraham Lincoln academically in, in some college course. You know, I knew the person versus I read about the person. I studied the person. I knew him. I actually knew him. I mean, those that were close to Jesus, when, when, the, when the, the Pharisees came to him and they recognized he had been with Jesus. There was something special, very special about those people that had been walked with the Messiah personally. Now, a lot, uh, some of these church fathers I'm going to mention actually did not walk with Jesus, but they actually walked with, like, Polycarp, which was uh, a disciple of John, um, Irenaeus, which was a disciple of Polycarp, uh, Hippolytus, or Hippolytus, um, he was a disciple about 200 years into the future, uh, from the from the time of Christ, actually about 150 years, and 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 they've relayed they've relayed much about the end times. Now, if we backdrop that in the secular, what we're seeing right now, we are seeing the absolute destruction of the history of the United States. Why? Because they want to rewrite history. They want they want to take away the founding fathers. They don't want us to understand what the Federalist Papers are. They don't want to understand why we have the freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of assembly. They don't want to understand why we have you know, the, the right to, to bear arms or that we should be secure in our person's papers and possessions so that, that you know people just can't, the law enforcement just can't come to our home and knock the door down and then start searching our house. There's a reason why all those were done. If you have the historic perspective of that, you understand why the Founding Fathers put those uh, those amendments onto the Constitution. Um, if you don't understand it, if it's been destroyed, then the powers that be, the powers that want to control despotically can come in and rewrite that history and and at that time, it can convince people that it never happened or it never happened the way it was. And, and, and again, like in the natural, we're seeing that going on right now. Our, our complete history is being decimated and it's being rewritten. That the founding fathers, the flag, the Constitution, Christianity, you name it, it's all evil now. Um, and, you know, if we, if we take that and go into the spiritual realm, you know, nobody studies church history anymore. Nobody studies the early church fathers. There, there's a whole book in the 
Bible dedicated to the history of the, of the New Testament church, the book of Acts. It's basically an historic count of the early church. Well, if you read the end of the book of Acts, it really doesn't end. It just keeps going on. Um, and, and these early church fathers, Polycarp, Irenaeus, Hippolytus, all those are in that early church, and they speak on so many matters that we just don't study anymore. And why? Because they want to rewrite church history. They don't want us to know the founding documents and the founding uh, the understanding of what the founding uh, the founding church fathers taught. And you know, as as I've been studying this, I, I've just been blown away um, by what they actually said and did, especially concerning the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Today, we see this um, preterist, post-millennial, amillennial movement going on that says that Jesus came back in 70 AD, that all Bible prophecy is fulfilled, and that really that the church is going to rebuild this earth and make the kingdom of God on this earth, and somehow Jesus then comes back and we kind of give it, give it to him like we've done him a big favor. You know, if we understand the early church fathers, we understand that that's not true. In fact, Irenaeus, um, in, in his writings, has actually stated that all mature Christians are premillennial. Um, and that's his, his actual words. And so it's so important for us to go back and do this. And I would recommend anybody, don't take my word for it. Don't take Steve's word for it. Go and you can get um, Ken Johnson um, puts out a lot of good material, but you can get the writings of our church fathers and read it for yourself and make the determination that these people were very close to the historic event. So they accurately understood it. I mean, if I listen to Polycarp, or Irenaeus, they knew John. They knew him personally. Um, and so at that point, the guy who got the revelation, you know, in the Bible, the revelation of Jesus Christ, the last book of the Bible, they knew him. They were taught by him. And so I, I, I would suspect that when they speak on matters of eschatology, the second coming, that they probably have a pretty good handle on it because they were taught by the guy who received the revelation. And, and with that said, you know, they speak so much on this and the times in which we live right now that I think it, it, it behooves the church to, to take a, a, a moment, those who want to follow Jesus accurately and, 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 and understand the times in which we live, because if you don't understand the, those times that, that we're living in, you, you, you're going to be, you, you are definitely just going to fall by the wayside. You know, um, the, the preterist movement that's teaching people right now that Jesus came back in 70 AD, that, that the Lord has not, that all the signs in the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke have been fulfilled, that, that you know, none of that's, that's all happened in 70 AD. If you hold to that view, um, I believe you're going to be greatly deceived because these people are teaching a doctrine that basically says we're going to entrust man with power to bring about the kingdom of God. Well, any time that has ever been done, any time you've given man that kind of power, I mean, it always corrupts itself. Um, the, the Catholic Church is a wonderful example. During the first you know, four years of the Catholic Church, the first five popes after, you know, the book of Acts, the, the, the Catholic Church was a wonderful church. But as it has gone on, it's apostatized itself. The, the Protestant Church started out the same way, and now it's completely apostate. Because when you give man that power, you're going to have corrupt corruption and bile corruption. Well, well, so let's go back to what Hippolytus said and, and see what he just said concerning a few little things, and maybe we can get a better understanding of the times in which we're seeing unfold before us, because I think we're seeing things that the Bible predicted, I know we are, the things the Bible predicted, and you know how it will apply to us.
because, you know, we've talked about all the things, Steve and Doug, in, in the natural, about preparing uh, food, water, so forth. Well, um, uh, Hippolytus, this is what he said concerning the Antichrist. A mighty king has arisen from the earth. Come, ye all, to worship him. Come and see the strength of his kingdom. For behold, he will give you corn, and he will stow upon you wine and great riches and lofty honors. So here we, here we have this, this Antichrist. He's going to be making great promises to the human race. Kind of like what we see what's happening right now with this New World Order thing. Um, for the whole earth and sea obeys his commands. Come ye all to worship him. And, and this is the real, this is the real uh, uh, important part of this. It says, and by reason of the scarcity of food. Steve, we've never talked about that. Um, so what he's saying, 1800 years ago, this brother in the Lord said that there'll be scarcity of food in the end of the age, and that by scarcity of food, he will make all come to him and worship him, and he will put a mark on their right hand and their forehead. Today, Steve, we just see this whole system developing of the vaccine passport and different mechanisms they're using to force people into compliance, and they're going to eventually use the food as a final weapon to say, if you don't comply, you won't get any food. I, I, I genuinely believe right now, Steve, we see a caste system developing in the United States. And just for the sake of example, I'm going to say there's five levels to it. You know, level one, two, three, four, five. Five would be the oligarchs at the top that could say, you know, they'll, they'll get what they want. I mean, Bill Gates wants us to eat, uh, you know, soy boy protein hamburgers, but he enjoys a real hamburger. But, you know, if Christians and conservatives, we would be down on the tier one level. It might be, you know, tier one, A, B, C, D, whatever. But a tier one level, well, we will get very little unless we worship, unless we bow. And this is what it's all about. This is what the vaccine passport's about. This is what all these compliance mechanisms are about, is worship. It's, it, it's, it's obedience, but it's worship. The government, via Satan, wants to be worshipped. And so they're going to try everything they can do, evil, demonically, to make us worship the system, this fallen system, instead of worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ. And so that's the, the main thing this Antichrist will do, is he's going to use food to force compliance. I don't know if you want to comment on that, Steve. Well, I think, Bob, too, read that part, because here's what's really critical, ladies and gentlemen, and again, Bob, at this moment in time, um, you know, uh, it, it's so critical for people to understand, because they've gone on record, the Luciferians are saying, we won't force you, and this is important for people to understand, in God's kingdom, even the kingdom of darkness, they can't override your will unless you surrender it. So would you read that specific passage out of Hippolytus? That's a hard name for me. Hippolytus. And that, by the way, Bob checks. That's the right pronunciation. Read it directly. I want you to read all four pages, if you wouldn't mind. Huh. That's, that's a lot. Um, okay. But again, so we see the Antichrist come to power, and he, he, he has this insatiable desire to be worshipped. And so he's going to force people to worship him, and he's going to use compliance mechanisms to force that. And the first thing he uses is food. And, and I want to break this up in several parts, because some of it, Steve, is what you've been talking about, about the alien technology and the aliens coming down, the Ascended Masters coming down. But he is going to use everything that humanity needs 
to force compliance to bring worship. And this is what we need to understand. The bottom line is that he is going to take your water, your food, and he's going to make it conditional to you that you have to bow down and accept his mark and, um, and and give him worship. And this is, again, I'll read it to you. And by reason of the scarcity of food, all will go to him and worship him, and he will put his mark on their right hand and on their forehead. Um, but he, And it goes on to say that you, you're going to have to renounce your Christian faith. Uh, this is, he wrote this, I deny when you worship him, you have to say this. I deny the master of heaven and earth. I deny baptism. I deny my former service and attach myself to you. And I believe in you. That's good. He's going to require people to say. And, and even when you make this Faustian deal with him, you won't get the Faust because he's going to make all these promises of the food will give you whatever. But when you sell your soul this is what Hippolytus says. When you sell your soul to him, you, you're, he's not going to fulfill any of his promises to you. And men at that point are going to sit there and bemoan, just like Esau. He bemoaned the fact that he sold his birthright. You're going to sell your entrance into heaven and the eternal kingdom for, for some food. And then when you sell your soul, you're not going to even get the food. And you're going to bemoan and want to die. It actually says that you're going to want to die. Um, because we've attached ourselves to the deceiver, that's what it says, and at that point there becomes no repentance for humanity. So the, 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 the water, the food, everything you need, it's, it's coming to an end unless you bow down and worship Satan. And if you do bow down and worship him and take his mark, you're still not going to get what he promised you. That that's the bottom line of what he's talking about about this mark of the beast. And and today, Steve, I mean, just look at the headlines um, of of the food shortages that are coming. This is all going to force compliance. I mean, we have hyperinflation, we have shortages, rationing's coming, drought and plague. Um, you know, they're going to become hoarding laws. You're going to have to have your vaccine passport. Um, all these things that are are coming about so that when you know, the mark is there. The food will be scarce. People won't be able to find it. And I know you've said it hundreds of times, Steve, that, you know, the one thing you need to acquire right now is food and water. Because if you don't, you won't be getting it. Um, and so that's really what he's saying. And I, I hope people are listening to this because, you know, it's so easy to be um, complacent and normalcy bias where you can go down to the grocery store and still see food there. But at this point, I am stunned at how fast I see this this whole system of the mark of the beast being set up. The, the vaccine passport, which is the preamble to the mark of the beast, all this is being set up to force your compliance into the satanic system, what we know as the one world government. Um, Bob, when you read, I, I don't want to interrupt you, but there's really a critical point where Hippolytus is talking about the water staking, and I don't have those four pages before me, but would you read that? That's critical, ladies and gentlemen, because the life in the sea, a third of the life in the sea dies, and when it dies, it stinks, and Hippolytus wrote about the stench, and there's even a passage in the Old Testament about the sea giving up the dead, and that's the word Rephaim, and Rephaim are the giants, and, and, and God is going to even pull the, uh, if you will, the dead giants before judgment. But Bob, that, you know what I'm talking about where it talks about the stench of the waters? 
I, I, I'd have to look for that specific part, but here, here's, here's what it says. And this is, this is the, will be the attitude of the day. And when the day begins to dawn, this is his, him writing, when the day begins to dawn, you will long for the night in order that you may find rest from your labors. And when the night descends upon them by reason of the continuous earthquakes and tempest in the air, dis- disruptions in the air, tornadoes, whatever, hurricanes, they will desire even to behold the light of day. And they will seek how they may hereafter die a bitter death. I mean, these people, it's going to be so pathetic and horrible, these people are going to want to die. And at that time, the whole earth will bewail the life of anguish. Um, and the sea and the air in like manner will bewail it. The sun, too, will wail. The wild beast and the trees of the plains will wail on account of the race of man, because they have turned aside from the holy God and have obeyed the deceiver and received the mark of the abominable one, the enemy of God, instead of uh, quickening the quickening cross of the Savior. And so what we see there, Steve, what he's teaching is that this, the whole earth, because of the tribulation that's coming, it's not going to just affect man. It's going to affect all of nature. Um, the, the tempest in the air, the earthquakes, all of it is going to be so horrific that men are going to want to die and won't be able to die. When it's night, they're going to want day. And when it's day, they're going to want night. And, and every the beast of the field, the sun, all the planetary bodies, all of it are going to absolutely be in disarray. And, you know, because of the sin that mankind has brought on this earth. Um, that that's the message. I mean, to me, that's the message of what it is. And, and again, I, I have to look specifically for that one passage because the, the, there's a lot here. But it, it does. It, all the life in the sea will die. It says that. He, that's what he says. And the stench will be abominable for the whole earth. All the food is gone. All the water is gone. And and you'll sell your soul to get the little of anything left. And, and, and Steve, the thing is, is if this is just left out of historical context, I don't know how people can relate to it. But today, as I look at what's happening to the food, um, I mean, I, ju- I was just reading stories, a million acres burned, um, a major crop of cherries because of the heat is not going to come to market. You know, locust eating our food. These earthquakes that are destroying our our country, all of this is happening, and it's all going to be done to bring judgment on humanity, and the judgment always manifests itself via famine, and when the famine has fully come, because we've not prepared ourselves for it, um, the, the powers that be, the evil powers, the Antichrist, is going to be able to come to us and coerce us into this um, this system that he's going to set up, and, and this is this is the tragedy, Steve. As I was reading this, men are going to sit there and give themselves to the beast, get the mark, and evidently they know what they're doing, because once they take it, and the Antichrist basically says, "Well, you've taken the mark, you've sold your soul, and now I'm not going to give you anything. There's nothing to give." And it says these men will be whale. Uh, I don't mean to interrupt you, but this is important, okay? I'm, I'm reading from the first page you gave me because there's something here that proved the lateness of the hour of politics. Let me read it. It's called The Judgment. This is off the end time. Okay, I'm, I see it. Yeah, I'm going to read it. Then after all these things, the heavens will not give their due. 
The clouds will not give their rain. The earth will refuse to yield its fruits, and the sea shall be filled with stench. The river shall be dried up. They're doing that right now. The fish of the sea shall die. That's happening right now. Men shall perish and hunger for thirst, and hunger and thirst. And and father embracing son and mother embracing daughter will die together. In other words, they're going to die in each other's arms, and there will be none to bury them. A good example is uh, uh, Pompeii, when people who loved knew the end was coming, they were literally frozen in time in each other's arms. That's not from Hippolytus, that's from me. Now listen, back to back to Hippolytus. They will die together and there will be none to bury them. Ladies and gentlemen, this is in, in, in 200 AD, but the whole earth will be filled with stench arising from the dead bodies cast forth, and the sea not receiving the floods of the rivers will become like mire and will be filled with an unlimited smell of stench. There's going to be no end to it. Ladies and gentlemen, the rivers are drying up. I'll talk about that later. Uh, then there will be a mighty pestilence upon the whole earth, and then too, inconsolable lamentation and measureless weeping and unceasing mourning then will men deem those happy who are dead before them and will say to them open your sepulchers and take us miserable beings in open your sepulchers they're begging the grave to take them of your wretched kinsmen acquaintances happy are ye in that ye have not seen our days happy are ye in that you have not had to witness a painful life of ours nor this irremediable pestilence nor these straits that possess our souls ladies and gentlemen this is why jesus is the only one that can set us free not only of the events coming but the fear associated so bob that's really important because even now the true level of uh, you know you're seeing the level of um Oh, good night. Uh, the Hoover Dam, the Colorado Liver, Ripping Liver, Colorado River backed up. It's down to 25%. They say 36 is 25%, according to people in know. Same thing with Glen Canyon Dam. Those are the two largest rivers in the uh, Asian reservoirs in the country. The Missouri River and the Mississippi River are drying up. The Snake River is drying up. Ladies and gentlemen, the Columbia is losing water. So what this is saying, I'm going to turn it right over to you, Bob, is when the rivers quit flowing into the ocean, they die. And when they die, the sea life dies. And the smell and the stench will not go away. Will not go away. Go ahead, Bob. Well, you know, when my, my son was in Fallujah during the Battle of Fallujah, Steve, um, when he finally left that war zone, they, he couldn't take his clothes with him. He had to burn them because he couldn't get the stench of death off his uh, his uniforms. He said the city smelled so horrible of all the dead that were there that they, it didn't matter if you washed your clothes or not. It still stunk like death. And I think that's what Hippolytus is describing. The whole earth is going to stink like death, and you will not be able to escape it. Um, and, and anybody who has ever smelled a dead thing, you know, a rotting corpse, a rotting fish, or just a rotting animal, knows it is probably one of the worst smells that you can endure. It's it. it it really invokes the gag reflex. Like I don't think anything else that you can have. Um, and so this is this is what he's describing. And thank you for finding that reading it. Um, um, this is what he's describing. See, this is not just a local event. This is a global event. 
This is something that's going to overtake the whole world. And unless that you are truly founded in Jesus Christ, you are not going to be able to stand in this day. Because it actually says this, that in that day, then he will send his cohorts, the demons among the mountains and caves and dens of the earth to track out those who have been concealed from his eyes and bring them forward to worship him. So they're, they're going to be dragging people out to worship him. And, and those who yield to him, um, he will seal with his seal. And those who refuse to submit, he will consume with incomparable pains and the bitterest torments and, and machinations such as never been seen nor reached into the ears of man nor have been seen by the eyes of mortals. Um, the, the, the horrific, uh, it, what he's going to bring onto the people of the earth is beyond what we compare, what we can have any reference to. There's always some reference point where we can say, okay, if, if this is home base, we have a reference point to it. There is going to be no reference point in history, Steve, that we can go and say, this is like that. It's, it's, there will be nothing we can compare this evil to, nothing that we compare this death to, the stench, nothing in history that you will be able to compare it to. And this is, again, the importance of being sealed by the Lord Jesus Christ and having the Holy Spirit indwell us, because it's only by that power that we will be able to stand at all in that day. In fact, Steve, one, I think one of the most uh, the, the stunning things that I was reading this is um, that you know, he is, let me, let me read this. I'll just read it and, and we can make comment on it. For he will show forth his demons like brilliant angels, and he will bring in the hosts of the incorporeal without number. And in the presence of all, he exhibits himself as taken up into heaven with trumpets and sounds and the sh mighty sh shouting of those who hail him with indescribable hymns and the air of darkness himself shining like light at one time soaring into the heavens and another time descending on earth and with great glory and again charging the demons like angels to execute his behest with much fear and trembling Steve, if I'm not if I'm not reading something into it this seems to be talking about what you've been mentioning for decades this sounds like you know, fallen or descended masters coming to the earth. He'll be able to descend from heaven. He'll be able to do miracles. People are going to see these beings descend from heaven, and they're going to be thinking these are alien creatures. And he's going to deceive the whole world because of this. Um, exactly what you've been talking about for, for gosh, 25, 30 years. This is what's coming to the earth, and we see, again, the preamble of it right now um, with this uh, alien technology. We, we're hearing more and more about the, the Pentagon and different people seeing beings come out of heaven, coming out of the sea, great light. And when they finally make their presence known to all of humanity, I can only imagine... I mean, worship, it says people will be singing hymns that the world has not ever heard or conceived of. The music is going to be so in, in seductive that people will hear it and they'll think they're listening to the music and the voice of gods. And this is why, again, I mean, 1,800 years ago, Steve, he, he, he said this. Yeah. I mean, he had, he had a revelation into it. And so we're living in these times. And it, it, it behooves us, it behooves us so much to take this seriously because your eternal soul is at stake right now. I mean, people listening to this program, their eternal soul is at stake. 
and they have no clue of not only the physical destruction and physical anguish that's coming, but the spiritual destruction and spiritual anguish that is coming to this earth, the spiritual deception that is coming to this earth. If, if you don't have your eyes focused on the Lord Jesus Christ, you're going to see this. You're going to see these brilliant angels, or brilliant demons, they opposes angels, aliens. They're going to be ascending and descending on the earth. You're going to hear, just like when Nebuchadnezzar um, you know, demanded people to worship him. Um, what did he do? He had all sorts of music. It was seductive music to 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 aid in the benefit of worshiping the, the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar set up, and that 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 was that could be nothing compared to the supernatural music and and and, and events that we see happening as he makes his presence known in this way, as we see him actually coming down to the earth as a brilliant angel, as we see these other brilliant angels, demons, um, just manifesting themselves on this earth. I mean, our brother taught us this, and all on the earth, all on the earth, are going to fall prey to it, because the spiritual deception, which Jesus spoke about so much, is going to be so graphic and so intense that unless you have understanding in these matters, you're going to fall. And again, this is why I believe, Steve, much of church history is covered up, why it's not taught, why these these people are, are not taught at all, um, all the, 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 the anti-Niacene fathers, um, they're not taught. What's being taught now is kumbaya, um, the, the kingdom of God is going to come through the church, we're going to develop an earthly power. We're going to do this. This is all what Satan promised Jesus. All these kingdoms of the earth I will give you if you'll bow down and worship me. And the, the, the theology of the church in today's age is that theology. If you, if you do what you, know, what you want to do, all this will be added unto you. You'll achieve earthly power, earthly wisdom, earthly wealth. And you know, we all know at the end of the day that is going to cost you your soul. So as we see not only the, the, the death and destruction in the physical realm, but we see the deception. And, and just, it's going to be wonderful, beautiful deception. It's going to be marvelous deception. It's going to be auditory, just wonderful when you listen to it. But it's still deception at the end of the day. And we better get under, we better get to the understanding that this is coming on the earth. And if if you're not really right now serious with your walk with Jesus Christ, if you're not really in His Word, seeking His Word, praying that you be filled with the Holy Spirit and given understanding, when this happens, Steve, millions that proclaim what do, they, what do you call them claimants? Um, millions are going to be deceived into thinking that this is the return of Jesus Christ. This is this is the ascended masters coming down from heaven that seeded the earth and and you know gave the earth birth and they're going to fall down and worship and and serve them. Well, Bob, I want to return to to Hippolytus because this will bring me to a statement I've made. I stand by it. You know, I've been told, Steve, do you know how many people don't just don't agree with you? I said. Oh, I'm aware of it. I said probably 400 to 1, and I'm not a prophet, but I want to read about the two witnesses, okay? Because, ladies and gentlemen, I had in my spirit, I declared it about a year ago, the two witnesses are on earth. They will be manifest to the world at the same time as the Antichrist appears. 
I made the statement. The Lord has declared that no supernatural testimony of the false prophet and the Antichrist who will be able to call fire down from heaven, do all kinds of miracles. And by the way, these are descended fallen angels. Fallen angels are different. I just want to clarify something, Bob, then yeah. you know. Okay, fallen angels are descended masters, and God, for a time when biblical Christianity was still viable and 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 people honored God, He bound them. But the thing is, the gates of hell are opening. But let me read this again, Bob. This is from what you sent me, and this set off such a bunch of revelation in my life. I hope people understand it. I prayed this morning that you and I and Doug would have such a powerful platform today that this is going to shape people out of their apathy. It's going to wake them up out of their uh, uh, indifference and that they're going to call upon the living God. Here's what it says, 29 and 30, Bob. This is the end times by the ancient church fathers. Antichrist and the two witnesses of such kind in the time of the hater of all good will be the seal the tenor of which will be this. Bob read that. I deny the maker of heaven and earth. I deny the baptism. I deny my former service and attach myself to you. And I believe in you. That's a denial of Jesus Christ. By the way, that's what Talmudic Jews have to say in order to be, quote, uh, accepted into uh, their world of Kabbalah and of basically Talmudic Judaism. For this is what the prophets Enoch and Elijah they call him Elias, will preach. Believe not the enemy who is to come and be seen, for he's an adversary, a corrupter, and a son of perdition, and deceives you. And for this reason he will kill you and smite them with the sword. Behold the deceit of the enemy. Know the deception of the beguiler, how he seeks to darken, darken, I, I stuttered there, darken the minds of men utterly. For he will show forth his demons, brilliant like angels, and he will bring in hosts of the incorporeal without number. And that's what Bob was talking. But ladies and gentlemen, people forget Lucifer, before he got kicked out of heaven with a third of his angels, was created as, in essence, a symphony for God's praise. And before I turn it right over to you, Bob, Romy Zara, a number of years ago, God bless her, gave me a vision that she had that the Lord gave her. And there were angels descending from heaven with the most unusual, but they were dressed in black. This is interesting. And they were, they were seeing the most beautiful and seductive music. The book of Ezekiel says the tabrets and the pipes were uh, created in the day that God created Lucifer, who became Satan. He led worship. And what Romy said is these fallen angels were so seductive that people ran to them. I can guarantee you Romy never read Hippolytus. I, I, I can just tell you that. The bottom line is, is that when they hit ground, people were so enamored that they were they were going behind buildings and all the people ran. They were hiding themselves. And when the people ran, they were absolutely devoured as in cannibalized. And one of the greatest slaughters. And I asked Romy to send it to me again. She said, Steve, I can't do it. And I said, God bless you. I'll honor that. So the whole point, ladies and gentlemen, of, of Hippolytus is laying out. And what Bob is saying, the reason the church fathers, and by the way, they accepted the book of Enoch. They accepted the, uh, accepted, uh, the uh, book of giants. 
the reason why the church fathers will not be taught, because if you destroy the foundations, if you go for the root and the root of faith, supernatural, end times, prophetic teaching that's anointed, you can you can make the fruit rot on the vine. And ladies and gentlemen, basically what this whole thing is saying is you will either comply or die. And Bob, let me read this and I'll turn it right back over to you. Alexander Solzhenitsyn in the Gulag Archipelago. And I want you to listen to this and substitute the work uh, when they come, the security operatives put the vaccinators, okay? And how we burned in the camps later, the prison camps, this is critical, I'll talk about that later, and, and stay on for the second hour, Bob. And how yeah. we burned in the camps later thinking, what would things have been like if every, they, uh, Solzhenitsyn said security operative, that was the secret police, or the vaccine police, when he went out at night or in the morning, in the morning or night, I'm, I'm putting that in, he was uncertain whether he would return alive and had to say goodbye to his family. Or during periods of mass arrests, as for example, in fill in the city, in Leningrad, when they arrested a quarter of the entire city, people had not simply sat there in their lairs, in their living rooms, Hailing with terror, I hope they don't come to me, at every bang on the downstairs door and every step on the staircase. Or how about this, Bob? Every flash bang grenade or every suppressed weapons fire. But had understood they had nothing left to lose and had boldly set up in the downstairs hall in ambush or wherever of half a dozen people with axes, hammers, pokers, or whatever else we had. That's all Solzhenitsyn said it would have taken. And everybody's sitting around with all their super weapons and everything, waiting for the ghost signal. You'll know when the ghost signal is. They've already told you they're coming for you. The organs, that is the security organs. That would be every agency that's coming to take people away and take them away. And the organs would very quickly have suffered a shortage of officers and transport. And notwithstanding all of Stalin's thirst, the cursed machine would have ground to a halt. If, if we didn't love freedom enough and even more, we had no awareness of the real situation, we purely and simply deserved everything that happened afterward. I want you to respond to that because ladies and gentlemen, that's where we're at. And as I call America, we're soon to be turned into the Gulag Amerapelago. He was talking about the Gulag Archipelago group of islands. I'm sorry. Well, Steve, I would say it's soon to be turned into the planet Apiago. It's not going to be an American thing. It's not going to be a Russian, Chinese thing. It's going to be a global thing. The whole world is going to fall into this power. Even today in Canada, what is it, the, the latest count? 45 churches have been burnt to the ground. I mean, I mean Steve, what, kind, what more signs do we need? And, and, you know, what's going to happen is this. The world is going to follow this being that's going to be so brilliant, so seductive, so beautiful. His music, Hippolytus says that mankind will have never heard music like this ever before. It's going to be so supernatural that it will deceive all of humanity into falling and into worshiping him. But uh, I didn't send you this page, Steve, because there's a lot here. For he will appoint princes over them from among the demons. 
and he will no longer seem to be pious. See, he, 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 he welcomes you in through this false sense of piety. It's the way a cult works, you know, and this is a global cult um, that we see happening. I mean, just the vaccine cult. You look how people in the mask cold, how, how people, they get, they just ramp up and go, they freak out if they see someone who's not compliant, who hasn't bowed their knee. And, and so even though it's seductive at first, it's beautiful at first, we all know how it ends. You know, it, 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 when you get in the line uh, for the slaughterhouse, you might have all your friends around you while you're inexorably moving closer to the butcher, but you're inexorably moving closer to the butcher. And this is, again, it's not an American thing, and, and I think we're guilty that sometimes, that when I say we, I'm talking about the, the, the church is guilty of it, that we look at Bible prophecies as Americentric. It's not. It's a global thing. And so this is this is what he writes. For he will appoint princes over them from among the demons. And he, when he, he will no longer seem to be pious, but altogether in all things, he will be harsh, severe, passionate, wrathful, terrible, dread, morose, hateful, abominable, savage, vengeful, and iniquitous. And he will be bent on casting the whole earth of the uh, whole race of men, a uh, whole race of men on earth into the pit of perdition. And he will multiply false signs. This is for those of you who you just want to follow signs. I, I you know, I, I just can't stake this enough, Steve. We don't follow signs. We follow Jesus Christ because he will multiply false signs. For when all the people greet him with their acclamations at his, at his display, he will, with a strong voice, um, you know, cast them into perdition. And so, you know, this is what's going to happen. This is not, again, a, a, um, a local phenomena, a, a national phenomena. It's a global phenomena. And, Steve, as I look at today's newspaper, it's today's history, new, newspaper. Um, but we see all of these things that are, the, and it's just not Hippolytus saying this. It's all the church fathers. I've read most of them by now. Um, Justin Martyr, um, you know, Irenaeus, uh, Hippolytus. I mean, they're all saying the same thing. And this is why we really need to pay attention to them, because, again, they wrote about before 350 A.D., there's not one founding, uh, founding church father that was amillennial. They were all premillennial. And we, we've been, we've been, that's been stolen from us because we've been, our history has been taken from us of the church has been taken from us. So now we, we go into the church today and anything goes, there is no founding documents. Nobody, nobody wants to know the truth of what the scripture teaches. They just want to go by feeling. And again, if you want to go by feeling, uh, that's the one thing I take away from this is that antichrist will give you all the feelings you want. He'll make you all the promises you want. He'll give you, I mean, the music will be seductive. He'll be seductive. He'll put seductive things around you. You'll be enamored by it. You'll run to him. But in the end, he, his, his desire is to lead all men into perdition. So, but as, as I look at the, the forces around us today, if we, if we were to take these brothers here um, and, and, and juxtapose it upon to the conditions we see today, and to the questions I would ask, do we see a movement towards this global government that seems to be, if it doesn't seem to be, it's Luciferian in nature. It's dark. It's hidden. It's esoteric. 
It's a mystery. Do we see a move towards that? Do we see a move towards a global religion that they're not worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ? The, the, the movement is to worship this, you know, all-powerful being. I think of that um, that temple complex in Dubai, uh, the, the Abrahamic Family Worship Center, where they have a temple built to Islam, Christianity, and Judaism, where everybody can go. So it, it promotes brotherly love and brotherly kindness. Do we see this global religion that that these that the church fathers talk about forming. Do we see a system forming right now that you, where you cannot buy or sell unless you have uh, what you, whatever you want to call it, the vaccine passport, the mark of the beast, whatever. Do we see men loving darkness more than light? Do we see men absolutely corrupting the, the sexual nature of man into doing anything that's evil and wicked to where that a standard, a biblical marriage would be considered evil? Do we, do we see all these things coming to place? Are we seeing a great increase and earthquakes, droughts, famines, pestilence. Are we seeing that happen right now? Um, I, I, Steve, I mean, the answer is, is obviously it's a metaphor question, but it's, 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 we're seeing it happen. And, and, and if we're, we're seeing what the scripture teaches us happen right now, we, we better take our brothers and sisters or brothers that wrote this, um, these words seriously because they they put it in such terms that it should shake you to your core um i can't even imagine i mean that the antichrist it says will unleash punishments and pain unlike anything humanity's ever seen nobody's ever heard of it nobody's ever seen it and so that's where we're at. And so my call, Steve, my, my plead with people is this. You, we, we need to be founded in Jesus Christ. Steve, there are people bound right now with drugs, which is a gateway, a stepping stone into the kingdom of Satan. There are people right now that are bound into pornography, pedophilia. And that is not sort of a stepping stone. You're there. You're, you're in the bowels of hell. There are people that are bound with materialism, and their eyes are firmly fixed on this world right now. My 401K, my house, my car, my career. You know, our career, we're so afraid to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and to proclaim the truth because my job. You know, we, we need right now is, is to be baptized again with what the, the church in Ephesus needed to be baptized with, a, a renewal of our first love. And that's Jesus Christ. And Steve, you're not going to do this by watching the filth that comes out of TV or the filth that comes that you get off the Internet. You could only do it by two things or several things. One is knowing the scripture like you've never known it before. Having 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 an understanding into it, and it doesn't mean reading a couple verses a day. It doesn't mean you know go through the Bible in a year. It means you take the Word of God and devour it. You pour it into your being and ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate it to your heart. It, it's going to take the repentance from sin. Um, you know, gosh, I just talked to so many brothers, Steve, that that really are. Um, I'll just say it that are that are bound right now into sexual perversion via the internet. And then they seem to can't break away from it. And, and yet God offers us freedom from it. But if you don't take these steps now, all these judgments are going to come upon you. And Steve, you're going to find yourself being led into the pit of perdition 
at the end of the age. And you're going to look back and, and, and with anguish of your soul, like we can't even imagine, realize I had time. I had the opportunity to repent. I gave it all away for earthly pleasure. For for, 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 for for things that were very, very temporal, I gave it away. I sold just Esau. I sold, and this is what the Antichrist will do, I sold my soul for some food that he never gave me. I sold my soul for reputation. And, and God is calling his church right now. I mean, in a, in a supernatural way, Steve, God is calling his church right now to repent of our sin. Don't you cannot you cannot dabble in this world anymore. You cannot dabble with the perversion that you're bound with on the internet. You, you cannot dabble with the love for the material possessions of this world because they're all going to go away. It all will be destroyed. I mean, even even in you know nobody is going to ever be in hell, Steve, and think I had a million dollars in my four hundred one k or five hundred one k, whatever it is. I had a million dollars in it. Nobody's going to ever think that. Nobody's going to ever think I had the nicest hill on the hill, the nicest home on the hill. I had the nicest car. My wife was the most beautiful of them all. Nobody's going to ever think that, Steve. So you can have everything Satan will promise you, just as he promised Jesus. You know, all of this I will give to you. If you bow down and serve me, he is such, Satan has such a craving to be worshiped that in the natural, he will give you a lot that will burn up. And, and just as Hippolytus stated, men will then realize when it's destroyed, the false promise it was because they'll look and see that they've traded their soul just as Esau. And, and we're taught, Steve, so many times that, you know, I just come to Jesus, forgive me. You know, most, most theology of the church today is this. I love to sin. God loves to forgive. So what's the problem? That's the theology of the church, American church and the church throughout the world. But there comes a time, just like with Esau, he, he, he sought it with tears. I mean, rending your clothes type tears, bitter anguish tears. And you know what, Steve? He couldn't find it. It was not given to him. And, and I, I, again, I know people right now are listening to this. They, they're listening to our brothers um, that lived centuries ago. And they're listening to the testimony of Scripture right now. And they're seeing the events unfold in the natural right before us now that has been predicted not only by the Bible but by our brothers for 1800 years and they still think they can dabble with sin and not have it cost them and not be burned by it and I'm, I just want to tell them you will be burned you can have everything your soul ever delighted in except for the son of God and when that day of judgment comes and you realize you know what you gave it away I think of Hugh Hefner I mean, you know, he's a man's man. Hundreds of women, beautiful women. And now he's in hell thinking, I, I traded my soul for all of that. And so I, I just want to implore people, as, as we see this come about in the natural, we see the food being destroyed, we see the water being destroyed, we see the earth revolting, as it said. You know, I read that, that, that the sun, the sea, Everything will be wailing 
I mean, it just wails out because of the sin that mankind has dumped onto this universe. And yet we, 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 we seek it more and more. The more it's destroyed, the more we want it. And I, I, I just, I, I ask people, it's just like, you know, fighting for Washington, D.C. We want to gain, gain America back, become a Christian nation. What do you want to gain back? The house is burning, Steve. It's on fire. Do you really want to run inside a burning house to grab some small little trinkets that you think are valuable? And that's what we're doing. The house is inflamed. And we want to run back inside that house and grab a few little things that we think we want. But in reality is we're going to get inside that house and it's going to burn down around us. And we're going to realize that for just a small little bowl of porridge, food, you know, we gave our life up because we thought it was important. And it's not important. What's important right now is to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Do those things, and Steve will have life eternal. I mean, when you see the judgment happen and the wicked sent to perdition, you know, just the gratefulness that's going to overflow our hearts that all of a sudden we realize that could have been us, but by the grace of God. And so I want to implore people right now, Steve, I want to implore them. If you if you if you if you are of mixed mind right now, one foot in the world, one foot trying to get into the kingdom of God, you're going to find out that when push comes to shove, you're going to fall on the world side. Um, Richard Baxter, one of the great Puritans leaders, wrote a book, The Saints' Everlasting Rest, and in it he wrote he wrote about the loiterers. Uh, those who loiter outside the gate, you know, behold, I stand at the door and knock. They're, they're loitering outside, looking in. They, they can see into the kingdom of God. They see the glory. They see the beauty. They see the streets of gold. They see the pearls, the, the, the beautiful, uh, you know, precious stones, the rainbow around the throne of God. They see it all, but they loiter at the door. And you know what they never do? They never step into the door. And they just sit there outside the door. They're close. They're very, very close. But they loiter, peek in. And they can speak the, they can speak the language because they've seen it. But they're not inside the gate. They're outside the gate. And when outside the gate are the dogs, the filthy, all that immoral stuff is outside the gate. And so right now, uh, you know, I want to thank a politist one day when I see him in heaven that, that he wrote this stuff for the encouragement of the saints of the last day. I don't know what he was thinking when he wrote this. I don't know if he was thinking that one day, you know, people thousands of years in the future, hundreds of years in the future would be blessed by it, would be edified by it. But, you know, I want to go back to my, the church fathers and read what they had to say because we're going to get a, a far more accurate interpretation of history, of eschatology, of the return of Jesus Christ than we would ever get by listening to the modern prophets of, you know, of Satan out there promising us your best life now, promising, you know, God, you, you can sin, you can do whatever you want, God will forgive you. You know, I want to find out what these brothers said and follow it. I don't want to be one of those ones, Steve, that stood at that gate looking into the kingdom of God, thinking, wow, it's all beautiful. Look at the glory of it all. But in the end, I never set foot inside of it. Well, and this is, this is, the Spirit of God says, I will not always strive. My spirit will not always strive with man. At this point, it's too late. I remember the, uh, you know, Brother Charlie Daniels song, He's Gone with the Lord, you know. 
but he's got a beautiful song about when it's too late, it's too late. Yeah. How, how close can you be? Listen, here's what I've heard too, Bob. This is what you're addressing. I believe that is the heart of God addressing this congregation all over the world. The point that is being made, ladies and gentlemen, is that some are out there, they're dabbling in sin. So I got plenty of time. When I see this coming, I hear this, I'll repent. You can't if you die in the next hour or two because you're in a head-on collision. You can't. So it's time to accept Jesus Christ now. And Bob, I just was told two hours before we got on with Doug, that 200,000 boxcars with shackles, the ones we used to talk about 25 years ago, have been ordered into their positions, okay? Now, someone says, well, I don't see that on that. You must be making that up. When people are willing to give up their life for that kind of information, I just say this, don't believe it. But what's happening right now is so, so the word of God that the early church fathers, that's the root of our faith. And because there's fruitlessness in the that which used to be called the body of Christ. And this morning, Bob, this is the word as I was praying for our meeting today. This is a word I feel the Lord gave me. He says, Steve, my body is a living, vital organism that which represents me as a as a, I'm sorry, that which represents me that has no life is nothing more than a cadaver. A rotten corpse. The word he used was rotten corpse. Ladies and gentlemen, we've been telling you about the clergy response teams. I've been, I've been, Dave Hodges, others, Bob, you and I talked about this stuff. You're going to be betrayed. Jesus was be betrayed by Judas, and there's millions of U.S. Christians. I'm only dealing with U.S., Bob. Not that it's going to happen worldwide, but our brothers worldwide have gone through the furnace of affliction. We have yet to go through it. And so, ladies and gentlemen, this is the time. This is the day. The scripture says, don't harden your hearts today. Don't harden your hearts. Because we're telling you exactly what's going on. We're telling you exactly what the church fathers. And look at this, Bob. God said, behold, I am the, I am the, what is it? Behold, I am, I am God declaring uh, the end at the beginning, and there is none beside me. You know, he's declared it through Hippolytus and through Polycarp and through Aaronus. And by the way, just throwing it in, ladies and gentlemen, all those men, those mighty men, some were burned at the stake. I mean, these people knew what it mean to carry meant to carry the cross, but they all believed the Genesis six narrative and that it would be an important part of the end times. And and look, Bob, you and I both know people argue that the tribulation's still off. I'm saying this, I will try my best to have multiple validations of the information about the prison cars and what's going to happen in the following weeks. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you point blank that there are special meetings going on in the White House, how to handle a $400 trillion problem that the Federal Reserve could call America's notes due. America's notes due. The total derivative, and there are people that will argue with me, is $400 quadrillion. And I asked Eric, and maybe because this is an audio broadcast, I don't know, Doug, how it'll go, but just look up how many pennies, dollars, uh, a trillion dollars, 
or no, a quadrillion dollars will go to the planet Venus, come back to the Earth, go back to Venus. You know, I think it's three times, and that's one quadrillion. Imagine 400 times. That's how much phony money's out there. And ladies and gentlemen, this is really important you understand this, that there's going to be a provocation, China and the UK, possibly as early as next week, starting around the 23rd, Cliff High's talking about, and, and, and obviously different perspectives, different platforms, but what's going to happen between the 23rd and 27th is a massive amount of emotional release. Something big is going to happen. USA, look, we're pushing the Russians in the Ukraine. Putin said it won't lead to World War III because the U.S. and NATO know they can't beat us, and which quite candidly they can't. And the kneeling of the president the stolen president-elect kneeling on his hands and knees before the prime minister of Israel and Israel demanding the U.S. back them up in Iran. Where do you think all those servicemen from, quote, Afghanistan, by the way, what we did to the Afghani people that trusted the United States was heinous. It was cold-blooded murder. It is the greatest uh, spot, open spot, on the lack of integrity of the United States, in my opinion, that's ever been done. What did all those men and women die for? What did they fight for? What, the opium fields of Afghanistan? And now they're going to stay in the Middle East and fight for the Iranian-Israeli war that's coming. And ladies and gentlemen, there's a whole lot of plans in place, and there's secret meetings. And, and I want people to understand this, Bob. The European bankers, to the majority, I don't know if there are any exceptions, it's House of Rothschild, House of Bob, the Rockefellers, are all, all pretty much Luciferians or the Luciferian elite, and they're, they basically are following their master's orders, that would be Satan, and when the whole world's crashing economically, like you said, that you said, the only reason I said Amerigo Archipelago, or uh, whatever I said, was because the United States still is the only nation in the world that has its guns. I've been told that the Biden administration has been ordered by China to disarm the American people. Well, you can say, well, why would that happen? Well, simple. Ladies and gentlemen, Canada's already disarmed. 45 churches are burning. Guess who controls Canada? China. Guess what China's demand on, on Canada was? persecute the Christians, get rid of them. They deny that, but take it to the Lord in prayer. And, and Bob, I don't think that anymore, and I want you to comment on this, with everything we're seeing in the transhumanism thing you talked about, people want to, uh, you know, uh, dress up like animals, have sex like animals, let's just call it like it is, and there are people that call me uh, uh, evil, yeah, one especially, for talking about this stuff. Where do you believe the wake-up point for, let's say, this real Christianity is? And basically, what the, what the globalists, the Satanists, the Luciferians, and, and the global resetists are talking about is you either comply or you die. And I want to make a statement. You're only going to be able to keep what you're willing to fight for, including your faith, including your family, with the knowledge that, yes, you may die but that others may live. That's the motto. Uh, I forget who, what, what was the motto of one branch of the military. And ladies and gentlemen, 
eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. We rejected God's grace. A hundred million babies butchered. And now people are being told as Christians to take the blood, the blood, the DNA of the slaughtered infants in their vaccines. Remember, when when you read the statement of Solzhenitsyn, when you read those words, substitute your house, substitute not, uh, ladies and gentlemen, for the organ, which was the secret intelligence police of Stalin. Stalin killed 50 million. Guess what? Fauci's going to beat Stalin and Mao. He's going to beat them because of all the people are dying worldwide. And Bob, you know this. The global depopulation agenda is in play. Go ahead, sir. You know, you know, Steve, as you were mentioning, I'm just following what's happening in South Africa right now. I was speaking to someone this morning whose wife was from South Africa. And, uh, you know, this is, we've seen this event happening. If, if you're unaware, just go online and you can watch YouTube after YouTube of the horror that men are bringing upon each other, the looting. We're watching the systematic destruction of a once great nation. The first heart transplant in the world happened in South Africa. I mean, some of the greatest people come out of South Africa. But right now, the nation is being destroyed. The, the, I mean, I, I just I can't sometimes grasp. If I destroy a distribution center, which is what's happening, they're going into these distribution centers of thousands and thousands of people and just burning them down and destroying them. Don't they realize that in a few months at most that um, the food that they stole is going to be consumed and the distribution center won't be there anymore. And at that point, mass starvation sets in that the factories that they're destroying, that produce the things that people enjoy are being destroyed, that you won't be able to get those anymore. Um, don't they understand that, you know, the electrical plants, the water plants are, that are being destroyed right now when the power goes off, the farms that are being destroyed. Um, you know, we, we've seen South Africa go quickly from a first world nation we're seeing it just delve into a a third world hellhole and and i want to read one more thing from hippolytus steve about you know what we perceive that we, we we gain when we serve lucifer and this is a quote but let us revert to the matters at hand when men have received the seal the mark then they find neither food nor water. They will approach the Antichrist with a voice of anguish, saying, Give us eat and give us drink, for we faint for hunger in all the straits, and bid heaven yield water for us to drive off the beasts from men that devour us. And then the crafty one will answer mockingly, uh, with absolute inhumanity, saying, I mean, listen, he'll mock them. You know, I make allegiance with the devil and he'll take care of me. He'll give me, he mocks you. He he will mock you with absolute inhumanity. The heavens refuse to give rain. The earth, uh, the earth yields not its fruit. Whence can I give you food? Then on hearing of these words of the deceiver, these miserable men will perceive that this wicked accuser Will, will mourn in anguish and, key, and, 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 weep, and they will weep vehemently and they will beat their faces with their hands. This is the anguish that the, the humanity is going to experience when they find out, like I said, the Faustian deal without the Faust. Um, they will beat their faces with their hands. They will tear out their hair 
They will lacerate their cheeks with their nails while they say to each other, woe for the calamity, woe for the bitter contract. They made a contract with Satan. Woe for the deceitful contract. Woe for the mighty mischance. How we've been beguiled by the deceiver. How we've been joined to him. How we've been caught in his toils. How we've been taken in this abominable net. How we've heard the scriptures and understood them not. For truly those are the engrossed, those that are engrossed with the affairs of life and with the lust of this world will be easily brought under the, uh, the power of the accuser and sealed by him. Wow. You know, the, big, the anguish is going to be so bad, Steve. People will be pulling their hair out. People will actually take their hands with their fingernails and gouge their face and scratch it. Doesn't the scripture also say, Bob, also men will seek death and not be able to find it? Yes, yes. I mean, we can't even picture that anguish. And, but it's coming. And it says, this is the key for those who are engrossed with the affairs of life and with the lust of this world will be easily brought under the power of the accuser and sealed by him. So, you know, as, as we see all this come to pass, we know where our foundation needs to be. And that's only on Jesus Christ. If your foundation is on your 401k, or 501k, if your foundation is in your home, your job, your family, if that's where your foundation is, you will be quickly brought under his power. You'll be deceived by him, and in the end, you'll be like one of those wretched souls that's tearing their hair out and scratching their face off. And so, does it does this sound, you know, draconian? Does it sound extreme? Yeah, it is. It's very extreme. Well, um, let me punch but in here. Make it any less true. If, if I may, let me punch in here, folks. You're listening to Steve Quayle from stevequayle.com and gen6.com and Robert Griswold, ready-made resources, uh, two fantastic men, men of God. And uh, I would urge everyone to go to stevequayle.com, bookmark that website. Go to ready-made resources, bookmark that website. And again, two of my favorite people, two men of God and uh, two better people I cannot think of having today for this very solemn, very sobering uh, uh, program. You're listening to the Hagman Report right here on the Global Star Radio Network. Go ahead, uh, Steve and uh, Bob. Well, I think, again, you said something that's really interesting, Doug, and and this is really a solemn show. Uh, Again, I'm waiting uh, for double verification. And look, here I, here I know this, and Bob, you know this. You know, at first truth, especially something as heavy as this, but is this not mostly, to the Christians, probably the best news they could hear? Because your last breath on earth is your first inhalation in heaven. And look, ladies and gentlemen, this is, this is really serious. Tomorrow I want to share something too, Doug, if I may. And Bob, obviously, you're on the uh, Q file subscribers list. I'm going to be sending out one of the heaviest, one of the most documented alerts I've ever sent out. I have hesitated to do it. Doug, you have a copy of it. It's a massive document. It includes prison camps, ovens, foreign troops, the whole nine yards. And ladies and gentlemen, I won't say I've fought God, and I, I don't believe I have. God's will is going to be done. But what I want people to understand 
is when and and, and I want to share this too, Bob. The other uh, about months ago, Doug, you remember? Uh, I was uh, on a podcast. And I had this giant uh, hourglass with sand in it, and the sand uh, was all the way into the bottom. And I broke. I knocked my own hourglass off the shelf behind me. And it split into a thousand pieces. I mean, with with uh, the sand that was in the bottom container, and basically, and the mystery of time will be no more, ladies and gentlemen. I encourage all of you that believe you've got seven more years, you've got you know an imminent escape through the rapture. I want you to ask the Lord God, how do I? I've been taught this, but will you teach me? Because the scripture promises the Holy Ghost will lead us into all truth and all knowing. Bob, you know, I know, Doug knows that no one can look at the amount of evidence that is out there that people by the literal millions are going to die from the ever, ever, never ending vaccine program waiting for the next big thing to drop in which everyone will be sequestered, put into solitary and come find them in their homes before they're taken to the camps. If you can't go out to buy food, if your water's turned off, if you have no power, no communications, and you get someone in the neighborhood, an armored personnel carrier, APC, Bearcat, whatever, say, people, people, you can turn yourselves in. The buses will be in your neighborhood. You'll be taken to camps where you'll be warm and fed. And they'll promise to keep your families together. Bob, when you go into those camps, you never get out. When you go into those camps with your wife and your kids, I'm going to turn it right over to you, you never see them again. Do you think that's too far-fetched that these evil entities, these descended fallen angels, because they're coming onto earth, the scripture says, woe unto you inhabitants of the earth. For the devil, the devil is coming uh, down amongst you, having great wrath because he knows his time is short. Do you think that's unreasonable at all? No, in fact, I read it from our brother Hippolytus, Steve, that he is going to unleash such torments that people have not even can even imagine it. And we've done some humanity's done some pretty wicked things, um, you know. And I'll say this, Steve: if your whole theology is looking for the rapture to get out of here, then I would really examine my Christianity. Um, because it, it, it never does it say in the scripture that we're to occupy ourselves by, you know, wanting to get out of here. It says we're to occupy ourselves about our father's business, and that's preaching the kingdom of God. And, and the cowardice that people, they're so afraid of the gospel. They're, they're, they're afraid to say that God created a man and a woman to produce children, and that's the only recognized sexual union between human beings. They're afraid to say that. They're fearful. And if we go to the book of Revelation towards the end, it says the cowardly do not inherit the kingdom of God. So if your theology is just getting out of here, being delivered, my theology, Stephen, I think the theology of the scripture says I want to be about my father's business, what he's telling me to do as we see that day approach. Not just sitting there going, Lord, please come so I can get out. I don't want to suffer. Lord, I don't want to do this. I don't want to have to. If that's your theology, I would say that you have a very, very self theology because right now the world needs Christ as never before 
And if you're just, if all you're just doing is concerning yourself about getting out of here, then, then you're not fulfilling the great commission that Jesus gave you. And that's to preach the gospel to every living creature. You know, as we see treachery and betrayal encompass this earth, you know, the, the church of the, the living God, the real church should be a church of honor, integrity, fortitude, all those words that we don't use anymore. That's where you, you should be. And, and so that's what I would say. Um, take your focus off getting the get-out-of-jail-free card and go about doing your father's business, and that's preaching the gospel of Jesus. Because men's hearts are, right now, men, men are desperate for truth. That's why men, men seek such depraved acts. They, they start out, in fact, I was... Um, it looks like we might have Craig Sawyer Sawman in our area soon, um, you know. And, and I was talking to one of the the um, the, um, the, uh, the the company that's bringing him in. Actually, it's a ministry that's bringing him in, Willow Ben Farms. Um, and, and she she was uh, relaying to me time after time of men that started looking at you know standard pornography, which you'd consider standard pornography. And within two or three years, they had a shot knock on the door from the sheriff's department because it already, already circled down into child porn. And, um, you know, we think we see men's souls trying to satisfy themselves right now with anything and everything. And men are having to go to more and more and more depraved acts to satisfy themselves. And yet we hold the, the, the guy who wants to get out of here. I'd speak to him. You hold the words of life in your mouth. You could go to those people and preach the gospel to them instead of being absorbed by getting out of here so you don't have to suffer. Where, pray tell, is that in the scripture? It's not. You're to be about your father's business. You know, I see the signs of the coming of the Son of Man. I realize the time is close, and my heart rejoices. Not because, you know, I get out of here, but because God's kingdom will be set up. His, his eternal kingdom will be here. Men will no longer learn war. Men will no longer abuse each other. Disease, pestilence, all those things will be gone. And I rejoice in that. But during that time, my father's business is, is to lead others into the kingdom of God by preaching of the gospel. If, if I may, you know, you know, Steve, it, Robert, I, I don't mean to interrupt, but here I do. Um, if I can pose a question to you and, and to Steve or both or either one, uh, there are many people talking about a great revival that will be happening. You're, I think this is an appropriate time to ask this question. Do either one of you feel or see a great revival taking place in the West, in America, in Canada, North America, across the world? It, will this happen or are we... Um, or will this not happen, in your opinion, based on your um, knowledge and research? Well, I, I would say this. I, 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 it's, it's kind of like the 90,000 people, the 90,000 indictments that would have come forward with Trump and, you know, all that, all that Q stuff we heard. I, I think the, 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 whether there's a revival or not is not the question we should be asking. The question I want to ask is, what can I do to serve the kingdom of God to create revival in one person's life? Amen. You know, if I can lead one soul into heaven, then then that soul is worth more than all the earth combined. So we can always think of what's in the future, and that's a distraction. 
You know, it's, it's a total distraction. Well, it's coming. You know, it's coming. The revival's coming. It's just like we heard Trump's coming back. Trump's coming back. You hear that all the time, and yet, you know, we. so we, if I think Trump's coming back, Trump's coming back, I do not find myself occupying the moment as I should. If I think there's going to be a revival in the future, whether there is or isn't, I will probably find myself not doing my father's business today because after all tomorrow's going to be a brighter day it's going to be my wow everybody's going to come to jesus you know if there's a if there's a revival that would be great but if there's not i still want to be found about doing my father's business today there's 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 uh, there's a soul around you right now that needs to hear the message of the kingdom of god and let the revival begin with that not some guy that's going to preach to millions of people and all of a sudden you're going to see waves of people coming into the kingdom that, that sounds a lot like what q has been promising people you know it does You're very profound. Um, yeah, thank you very profound statement and, and i agree 100 percent. god bless you thank you for that because folks take that to heart please go ahead sir you know, I want to bring up... Yeah, go ahead, Steve. Let me answer that, too. I think it's important. This is a biblical principle, being a study a student of, uh, you know, the past great revivals, whether they're in Wales, Azusa Street, uh, other places around the world, Indonesia, like a mighty wind, uh, you know, Maltari, etc. There is no revival recorded without repentance. Repentance brings the Holy Spirit on the scene. And, Doug, I'm on record as saying I want revival probably worse than everybody else. I want a personal revival. And then the personal revival, God, when God begins to work in people, God begins to work out of people. You cannot take this world on in the power of humanity or human flesh. And I'm looking, and Bob, you know this too, that the whole Q phenomenon was a psyop. And, and I've got to say this. Everything that they said did not come to pass. Everything. Well, and, and well-meaning spokeswoman, spokesman, and it all boiled down to this. And I want to make this clear on Trump. He could have done what he said he was going to do had he not allowed the alligators in charge to pick his cabinet. Every single appointee of his, including his son-in-law, was working against him, is working against him. It didn't matter if it was lawyers. Maybe there were a couple loyal people. But ladies and gentlemen, I'll just leave you with this. What Bob Griswold and I are talking about is the second coming of Jesus Christ. What we're challenging everybody is to get right with Jesus, especially Christians who have let basically uh, the fire in the hearth go down. But if you say, God, my fire is just about out, but breathe upon me, Lord, like a bellows, breathe upon the fire that once consumed me with a passion for the lost, with preaching Jesus Christ crucified, resurrected, and coming back. Back again. And this is something too, Doug. The scripture says to those who overcome will God give a crown of life. What does overcome mean? And this is this is the whole basis. We're telling you what's coming that you're gonna have to get over, you're gonna have to move over on. And again, I, I want to say this one more time, Bob, before I turn it over to you. If you go to the camps, you will never see your wives again, you will never see your children again. And at that point, at some point, not known to you, but known to them, your life ends. And even in the camps, you can call upon the name of Jesus. 
But ladies and gentlemen, I'm saying don't let it go that far. Don't let it go that far. And, and be prepared and preppers. Anybody, listen, let me make this easy. Forget 72 categories of who they hate and going to kill. Anybody other than them. It's real simple. Anybody. Anybody that doesn't buy the lie is going to die. Resist the lie and live. And Bob, that's the thing we've been trying to tell people. People have placed their lives, the most fabulous gift that God himself created, breathing into Adam, the man of clay, the breath of life. Amen. And he became a living soul. Yet people are saying, come stick me with the injection. Go ahead, devil, take my life. And oh, by the way, pastor so-and-so gets up and teaches and preaches that that's a godly thing to do because Jesus himself would have taken the vaccine. That's heresy, that's a lie, and that's a misrepresentation of the Son of the living God. Go ahead, Bob. Yeah, well, Jesus healed millions of people. I mean, you know, it says if the volume, if the books are written about everything he did, all the miraculous works, the earth couldn't contain them. Um, I mean, so, but he's, but he could heal bring the dead back to life, raise, you know, raise people uh, that had affliction, create new eyes, limbs, and yet he, he, Jesus would have needed a vaccine. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, like, a, like that. But Steve, this is the thing. This is, this is the, the, the end of the story. We see this house burning down right now house of this world, the kingdom of men are burning down. We, we, the, the, the statue that God gave the vision to, Nebuchadnezzar, and we're down to the very, very end of it, and, and it's really burning down. In fact, the, the, the scripture teaches that it's shattered beyond repair. So I, I just ask, are you pursuing those things that are going to be shattered beyond repair? And, and you, you know, you see your hands sift through the ashes of what you once considered valuable, and it's just burnt debris, ash. Is that what you gonna? Is that what you're going to per, use your soul to pursue, or are you going to use your soul to pursue the kingdom of God, the things that are eternal, uh, the things that will never fade away? The Bible says, well, raw, "Rust cannot, you know, rust it. With thieves cannot get to it. It's eternal in the heavens." What are you? What are you going to pursue with your soul? You only have one. God gave you your soul unique to yourself. There's never another one created like yours. And it will spend eternity in heaven or hell. And, and so I would just say this. Or don't pursue the things which perish. You know, like I said, nobody in hell is going to ever think I lived on the nicest house on the hill. Nobody in hell is going to think I had, you know, the nicest car, the most beautiful wife, the most money in the bank account. There's going to be gnashing and weeping of teeth beyond what we can imagine. And, and throughout all eternity, they're going to sit there and lament what they gave up. You know, as we see this world fall apart, you know, I, I'm just, just, to, just to think, you know, you mentioned Afghanistan, Steve. If I were Taiwan right now, and I saw what the United States has done in Afghanistan, what would you be thinking? I mean, just, just think. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what they're thinking. They've joined India and Japan for a mutual defense treaty against China, and they don't trust the United States, and neither does Japan, and neither does India, okay? And, and so when you see that, what I would say this. Would you, Robert Griswold, would you, Doug Hagman, or would Steve Quayle want friends like that? Absolutely not. 
you know, there, there are people in, in every community, in my community, they, they've worked for, they've worked for, you know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G company, and every, every one of those companies they've worked for, they've gone and they've somehow either stolen or uh, abused their work-employee relationship, and they're basically unhirable right now because nobody wants to hire them, so they, they, they'll be perpetually on welfare. Um, United States is quickly falling, or it is in that category. Uh, we go into nations and we've, we, you know, take take the technology, take the resources out of the nation, and then when it, when it doesn't serve us anymore, we abandon the nation. Um, even George W. Bush, as much as I don't like him, said, you know, it's going to be the slaughter of the innocents in Afghanistan. So uh, again, if I if I were Taiwan right now, I'd realize that the United States is not going to defend us. They're going to they're going to let us go. And and this is again, I want to use that as an example. If you make a deal with the devil for whatever you want, you whatever you want, in the end, you are going to be betrayed. Because the question was, you know, they all hate each other. Satan hates every human being that was ever made. He might flatter you. He might tell you you're going to get this. He might even give it to you. But in the end, I mean, how many starlets and stars have we seen that have made that Faustian deal and sold their soul to Satan and gotten the sex, the money, the power, and all of a sudden their lives are in shambles. They're destroyed. They commit suicide. They die early. Because in the end, he, the, the Lord of Darkness hates humanity. And as, as Steve, as we see darkness coming upon over the horizon right now, food is one of the big things that you and I both have a, a passion for because we've told people over and over again to get food. I mean, um, right now in the United States, the inflation is probably 30%, if not more, in food. And, and don't get me wrong, the Consumer Price Index doesn't show that. The government would never tell you that food inflation price is 30% because it's as soon as they mentioned 30%, people would go out and start hoarding like they did toilet paper, and it would exacerbate the problem, so they have to lie. You know, with the food, we're seeing the destruction of the ability to produce food. Um, water's gone. Pestilence is here. The, the land is drying up. Um, you know, crops are failing. Uh, at the same time, we're seeing this uh, beast system come into play where you won't be able to buy or sell. Uh, a caste system coming into play. And and this is what we warn people to get ready for what's coming, both physically and spiritually. Spiritually being absolutely the most important, because you don't fight for this burning house, because you're just going to find yourself with a handful of ashes at the end of the day, and ashes will not save you. Um, fires around, I mean, what is it, Steve? About a million acres have burned up in the United States over the last couple of months. Yeah, um, you, we see grocery stores right now. Now, this is this is. I mean, you, you want to find yeah, data points, intelligence gathering. Um, you want to find what you should be doing? I mean, Popeye's chicken, I read the other day, they're stockpiling chicken. Because if they buy chicken for $2 a pound, they know it's going to 6 So they're going to offset inflation by buying a lot of it now. Grocery stores are, uh, you've seen that story, they're incre- dramatically increasing their inventory because they want to offset inflation. I mean, we should take a lesson from them. It's it's coming. The government keeps telling you it's what two or three percent inflation, maybe five, but it's thirty percent. And you know you can you can take the hint. Um, you can look what others are doing, or you can just go off into perdition. You can listen to the record record of scripture, what it says the end times will be like, or you can go off into perdition and die, and be like those people that you know scratch their face off, pull their hair out. You can do one or the other, but you can't do both. 
And so um, I don't know how much time we have left, but that's, that's the message I would leave people with. You know, seek that which is eternal. Seek that which cannot be taken away. Seek that which cannot rust. Because throughout, throughout our church history, especially in the early church, they wrote about these times. And the times that are coming, as they say, will try men's souls. Uh, Hippolytus wrote about the fact that God will end, have to end it early. Because if he didn't, nobody would live. It would all be destroyed. And so, um, again, not to belabor the point, but don't seek that which is going to be destroyed. Because it's going to be burned up. And I, and I, for one, don't want to end up with a pile of, of ashes on my hands, thinking it was somehow valuable to me. It's not. It, it's not. It, it, it's here. We need it to live. Um, we need a certain amount of substance to live. And God gave it to us freely. But when we turn around and make it our God and make it the very thing we serve, we become no different than the children of Israel, no different than Saul, who looked at all the plunder and said, you know, I know the Lord told me to destroy it all, but I'm, I'm going to keep the best. And I'm going to try to trick the Lord into thinking I'm doing it for noble purposes. You're not. You're doing it for ignoble purposes, for yourself, for your glory. And, and this is the time that we need to be seeking God's glory and not our own. This is the time we need to be seeking God's will and not our own. And this is the time we need to be storing up possessions in heaven and not storing up possessions on this earth. Because as you said, Steve, how much, how much longer do you think the paper money is going to maintain any kind of semblance of value? I mean, I know you've, you've, you've told people for decades to buy gold and silver. And, and largely people don't listen because they have those little green pieces of paper in their wallet that are worth virtually nothing in reality. But how long before that money, that, that, that paper money becomes worthless? And, that, you know, yeah, that's a good question. And Doug, the, according to multiple sources, some is high up as, as guys who, you know, basically worked at the SWIFT level. That's how you get money overseas. Fed meetings right now, Fed meetings, the Federal Reserve are independent European banks, the biggest, most wealthy banks in the world. They're sitting and having meetings with the Treasury, with Biden administrations, having secret meetings that the question right now, Bob, they're asking is, when do they pull the plug? And the point is the fact that they're having that. Oh, and by the way, everybody, they're calling in the coinage. Banks are calling the coinage. Bozeman, Montana, I called my bank. You call your bank. The Fed is not releasing change to them, coinage. So the currency is easy. You print it, you print it, you print it, you print it, you put it, computer in a bank account, but the time comes. The time, and, and so, ladies and gentlemen, I'm just telling you this. I'm doing my best to confirm through multiple sources, and I want you to understand something. They plan to declare force majeure. When that day comes, 130 nations, led by probably Russia and China, Russia is completely out of the U.S. market. There's nothing U.S. can do to them. They have an intranet. There's no way to attack them cyber security-wise. And when that day comes, you will find the rest of the world will have basically agreed we'll take the U.S. dollar no longer. And, Bob, I don't think the word inflation is even accurate anymore. You will see an explosion. So those of you who have the ability to buy, if you whatever you're going to buy, buy it with your paper money. Because the more you do that, it drives them crazy. But understand, 
the price of admittance into the New World Order by one of the Luciferian mouthpieces, basically, and I'll, I'll give you the first statement, by consent or by conquest, there will be a New World Order. Brent Scrocroft, National Security Advisor, and others have, have quoted that too. But David Spangler and Dave Hodges has written about this, I think he's dead now, uh, made, made the statement, without a Luciferic initiation, and Bob read to you from Hippolytus of uh, the second century AD, what that means, no one will enter into the new world order. Uh, how many people did the, the party that made war on God say they're going to kill? They're keeping names, and we have a list, 125 million. Again, again, please understand the hour, the hour in which it all changes. I've been told, too, you know, let's see if this is true. Can I verify it? But the order when the U.S. dollar is repudiated will be at 11.38. Add those two numbers together and you got 11.11. That's at the 11th hour. And, Bob, I don't know even how. If you take South Africa, what's happening? You brought it up. I have friends there. I just talked to, or excuse me, emailed one today. My brother, Sean, God bless you. My film partner, Peter, is down there. Uh, you know, one of the most famous wildlife photographers in the world. Others who are listening to this podcast, when, you know, Doug uh, uh, uploads it, and they can see it worldwide. Ladies and gentlemen, you are seeing that, a preparatory beginning of that, even even in the United States with Portland and all the different cities burning. And it's a spirit. It's an evil spirit. It's global communism, which is nothing more than political Satanism. And ladies and gentlemen, that's what's coming in the country. Bob, you've known me for a long time. How many years have I been saying, ask those South Africa, so goes the U.S.? People say that's bragging. No, it isn't. You know, 25 years I've been saying that. And ladies and gentlemen, it's coming here very soon. Yeah, Steve, why do we labor for that which is going to perish? Why do we labor for those things that, that will not serve us? When, when you see food, water, these things becoming in short supply. Why do people still refuse to prepare for that? Want to go out and buy some seventy-inch, you know, TV screen that that they're going to watch just vile on? I mean, why? It's we 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 this nation, this world has fallen under such great deception right now. We do not tie cause and effect anymore together. We we think we can continue going on. I mean, the thought that I can continue to spend money or print money. And just keep up that party it is it's absolute insanity. Nobody would think you should be able to do that. And uh, again, when when it when it does hit, it'll hit quickly. You'll end up with the same thing the Germans had. You'll be able to have a little bit of little money, um, and it won't buy you anything. I remember watching that movie Fury, uh, Brad Pitt when they were going into Germany. Uh, they were taking big wads of money out of the bank, and they were using a baseball bat and hitting like a baseball. It was worthless. I'm thinking, you know, how much worth? How much is a Confederate dollar bill worth? It's just paper. It's worth nothing. 
And, and so this is what we see happening right now to the currency of the United States. It's being made worthless. And if people refuse to learn from that, they're going to pay for it. Um, you know, if we don't learn from the lessons of history, we'll repeat them. Um, you go on, we, we've talked about, you know, gosh, it, it's such a dreadful thing to talk about. You know, uh, Tennessee, um, this state, we're the number one state that leads in parents trafficking their children. And they do it because they can't make ends meet. I mean, it's a reality. It happens. Do, you, do we want to wait till we're in that boat? Do we figure out what can I sell? Who can I sell? What can I trade uh, so that I can, you know, buy myself a, a meal before I die? Um, we we really do labor. We need to be labor for that which is eternal. And and again, if you have that paper money. Um, Steve, I mean, you know, put it into gold, put it into silver, put it into food, put it into things that can save your life. Because, again, we read, Hippolytus said that, that Antichrist will use food to coerce you to take the mark of the beast. Um, it, it happens in the Warsaw Polish ghetto. That's what they used for the final resistors, at, at, you know, when they were trying to empty the ghetto out in Warsaw, Poland. They used food to get these people out, get them on the train. And they got a little bit of food, but then he was stuck in a cattle cart that was just absolutely shoved, packed tight with people. And they sold their soul. They didn't prepare. They didn't read the signs of the times correctly. You know, there were Jews that saw and read Mein Kampf and realized what Hitler had planned for them and fled the country. And the ones that just thought, well, that can't happen here. That won't happen here. And it did, and millions died. So, we're, you know, Christians are at that point in history right now that we can look at what these people are saying. The, the, the world, the New World Order Mein Kampf has been written. You can read it everywhere. And we can ignore it because they do tell you what they plan for us. They plan on, on, on getting rid of Christians, conservatives. They plan on getting rid of millions and millions of people. <laughs> in fact, billions of people, if you follow the Georgia Guidestones, billions of people. And we can ignore that and go into perdition and sell our souls for a little morsel of bread, a little porridge, and, and find ourselves on the wrong side of eternity. Or we can listen to the Lord of life, Jesus Christ, and, and listen to what he has to say, and he will give us the words of life. You know, when, when, when Jesus was teaching his disciples and people, and a lot of them left him, he looked and said, are you going to leave me also? And Peter spoke up and said, Lord, where we go, only you have the words of eternal life. So what boat are you in today? Are you in the boat that says I can follow many paths? I can have many, many you know, many things. I can, I can keep one foot in the world, one foot in the kingdom of God. Or are you of that persuasion that says I'm going to be wholly into the kingdom of God because that's where eternal life is at. That's where true life is at. That's where the eternity, that's, that's the place I want to spend eternity and so that that's the choice. And I, and I think, you know, we use historical reference, Hippolytus, Irenaeus, and there's Ephraim of Syria. There's others we could quote, Justin Martyr, uh, Polycarp. They're, they're all there, and they all witness to the fact of what we've been teaching or telling people today. And it's there. All you got to do is get it and read it. 
and you can obey it or disobey it. You can be like what Richard Baxter said, one that gazes in through the door of the kingdom of God, but never sets his foot in there. Or you can be one that just says, you know, I'm going to step into the kingdom of God. I'm going to fully commit, and I'm going to, I'm going to get in there, and I'm going to serve God. I'm not looking for a get-out-of-jail-free card. I'm not looking to get out of here to save my skin. I'm looking to please God, to do his will, and to bring him glory. And, 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 and folks, you're listening to Steve Quayle, stevequayle.com, gen6.com, Robert Griswold, ready-made resources, uh, ready-made resources.com, folks. Please bookmark uh, all those websites. The website links will be in the program description box below. We've got about uh, about 10 minutes left of the program. Uh, this has been really, I think, one of the most important messages anyone could ever receive. And I ask that uh, you open your hearts open your minds uh, to to receive the message that is being given so eloquently given by Robert Griswold and Steve Quayle. Uh, Steve, I'm going to kick it back to you and uh, with with my thanks for this timely message. Bob, Robert, uh, thank you so much for this message. I mean, uh, this because this at the end of the day, and I'm I'm sorry about that phrase, but this is what this is all about. Go ahead, Steve. Well, I think I want to encourage people, too, in this manner, that when we start sharing the closeness of the return of Jesus, when we start seeing the more Jesus is preached, the more resistance, that's illustrating the absolute nature of the truth of the Word of God. When Jesus said to Satan, get thee behind me, Satan, notice Satan could only come after him. Come follow after him. In other words, wherever Jesus went, Satan was right there to undermine the message. Anybody that mocks this message today, I'm going to tell you this. It has nothing to do with Bob Griswold, Doug Hagman. has nothing to do with me. It's everything to do about keeping people from coming to Jesus. I would say this. You are in danger of the hellfire. Because when you mock the message of salvation, when you mock the lifting up of the name of Jesus, when you mock God's ultimate forgiveness, his mercy, his, his, his saying, come unto me, all you that are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. You're resisting the Holy Ghost. When you mock to a certain point, you blaspheme the Holy Ghost. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not speaking to everybody, Doug, but I am speaking to some that monitor this podcast with a with a fine tooth comb. I'd like to tell everybody in the AI propaganda movement with whatever service you're in, whatever alphabet agency you're in, this applies to you, too. You couldn't be serving Satan, Lucifer, your Lord, if God didn't exist And Jesus, because you know you're forbidden. You know you have to resist. You know you have to renounce. You know that the one is true. So, ladies and gentlemen, when you hear the gospel being preached, when you hear people standing up for the unborn and you say, abortion's a sacrament. We we serve God. Those people don't serve the God of heaven. God is a God of life. God is a God of mercy. What mercy is showing to a, a little human that never had a chance at life? Bob, what, and I'm going to turn it right over to you. What, what really troubles me is this was a cruel and merciless generation. And what Hippolytus and others are talking about, God does mean and watch over his word. You're, we as a nation are going to reap the very things we've sown. 
And because we show so little contempt for innocent life, for the pedophiles that are trafficking, not, not respect, but contempt for them, for the children that are butchered in the woods, for the people that are absolutely drinking the blood, looking for eternal life apart from Jesus. You're being promised with AI, alien intelligence, not artificial. Alien intelligence, you're going to live forever. You're going to be able to have perpetual perversion to your non-human heart's content. But there is a day of reckoning. It's happening now. That great, great rivers of the Northwest are drying up. How do I know that? I have film crews in the air filming it. Literally. Now. I'm not in it. It's out on the West Coast. The point that I want people to understand, and Bob, I believe this. I believe all water, when we get to heaven, Doug, you've heard me say it on your show, originates from the river of life. Without, without water, there is no life. And God is going to provide, as my dear friend Rosemary uh, Zarek, God's going to be a supernatural provider. God's going to do the miraculous but not in the mockers, the scoffers, the fearful, the unbelievers. And Bob, you nailed it, brother. we become a nation of cowards. We have. Cowards are in the purr pits. I love that. Somebody else gave me that definition. In other words, where meow men preach. And now we're at a time where so many lives are at stake, but it's eternal lives. Don't let the mouthpieces of damnation keep you from what God wants for you, eternal peace, eternal mercy, and the God of all heaven will establish you through the person of Jesus Christ, his only beloved son, and the power of his Holy Spirit. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, if any of you are professional drone pilots with a license, I'm talking pros, with access to infrared drones, please email me, email Doug, email uh, Bob, because we need somebody. You'll be paid. I want you to know. We need your services. We need a response today. You already heard Bob, uh, excuse me, Doug, forgive me, Doug, we're talking three of us, talk about what they're doing. So I don't need to fill in the blanks. Professional drone pilots with the pro drones that have infrared capabilities, please see the contact. Bob Griswold, myself, or Doug Hagman. Bob, go ahead and close it. What do we have? Six more minutes, Doug, or five? Um, we yeah about uh, about five minutes, sir. Okay, go ahead, Bob. From well, Steve, I, I, would, I would just close this. Why do you labor for things which you don't satisfy? Why do why do we strive our whole lives? I mean, uh, you know, I, you look at history. You look at men that have strived for power. You look at mob bosses that have strived for money and power. You you look at presidents and leaders that have strived for money and power. I mean, Abraham Lincoln is gone. Genghis Khan is gone. Julius Caesar is gone. All the great names of history that sought the kingdoms of this world are gone. And, you know, most of them right now are awaiting judgment in the final day. They strove for everything that could satiate the appetite of man, money, power, sex. That's what they set their heart upon. And they got it. And yet, at the end of the day, when, when they drew that last final breath and they heard that heinous laughter, 
of Lucifer, the Lord of Darkness, laugh at them and say, I can't believe you traded your soul for that which does not last. Don't be like them. You know, cry out to the Lord of mercy, Jesus. Cry out that he forgives you of your sins. Repent of your sins. I, I don't believe there's true salvation without repentance, that you have to repent. It's It's... It's not enough just to say, forgive me. I mean, there, there are many men who've had an affair and just say, forgive me, and then go, I have another affair and say, forgive me, and have another affair and say, forgive me. And after a while, those, those cries for forgiveness fall hollow because true repentance requires a change in action. So I would just encourage people, do not seek that which can perish. Seek that which is eternal. Um, Jesus said, we see the signs of things coming on the earth. We need to make preparations for those things. Some of it will be physical, you know, the food, the water, the nature of that, so that we can preserve our life and preserve the lives of our family. I, I, Steve, I've seen what happens in, in countries where, you know, you have hostile forces attacking one another. The women are hauled off and, you know, they're abused. You, you don't want that. So seek, <coughs> seek that which is eternal in the heavens. Seek that which will satisfy your soul. Seek the living water and, and the tree of life. And if we do those things, you know, we're going to be ushered into the eternal kingdom that will never know pain, suffering. I mean, you know, we're going to go there and there will be the complete absence of sin. Sin will have never tarnished that world. The knowledge of it won't even be there. And, and so that's what I would encourage people today. You know, prepare in the physical, yes, but prepare in the spiritual, most definitely. Get your heart right with the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, set your heart on him. If you have active sin in your life right now, I just want to make this, and I want to make it so clear. If you have active sin in your life right now, repent of it. Go to someone and say, I need help. You know, I, I, I'm bound by this. And it says, you as your spiritual, restore such a one. Um, that's what we need to be doing. And that's what we need to be preaching. So again, Doug, to answer your question again, I'm not so concerned about the great revival coming. I'm, I'm concerned about what about the person that I do meet today that's standing in line somewhere and God opens a door. Do I, do I create revival there? Or do I just think, well, it's off in the future, some of this great, huge thing that happens. Now, I want to create the revival there in that grocery line. I want to create the revival, you know, with a, with a guy that's laboring somewhere, um, you know, where I can create the gospel and revival there. That's, that's what I want to do. And, um, and so I, I would end with this. It's a seek ye first, the kingdom of God, and then all the things that humanity desires and seeks will be added unto you. I'm 66 years old, just about, and I look back on 66 years of my life, and I would say that all the things that, that I've wanted in life, a loving family, you know, all those things I've wanted, I, I, God has given them to me, not because I sought them, but because I sought him by his grace. Um, I sought him. And when we seek him, the, 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 the desires of our heart, the true desires of our heart, not the lust of our heart, the true desires of our heart will be satisfied. And that's why I would encourage people today as a final word, if you seek the Lord of life, the desires, the true desires of your heart will be satisfied. Amen. 
Robert Griswold, readymaderesources.com, with, uh, with just a tremendous word for everyone. And, and please, everyone, take, uh, take what Robert and uh, Steve said to heart. And so true about, uh, you know, I get uh, emails all the time about a great revival. The revival starts with you. Repentance comes before revival in, in the dictionary and in real life. Robert, thank you so very much. Steve, God bless you. Thank you so very much. I appreciate your time, thank you, both of you. All right. Thank you, Doug. Bye-bye. Thank you. All right. Folks, that'll do, uh, that'll do it for this program today. Wow, right? Wow. We could talk about a lot of things, but what's more important than talking about what we just did or having them talk, talk about what uh, they just did? That'll do it for me. God bless each and every one of you. And again, anyone uh, cadaver dog handling, um, Doug at HagmanReport.com. That's Doug at HagmanReport.com. God bless everyone. Good night.